commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grax Comeback, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show in depth coverage of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a special episode of Don't Everybody Thank Me at Once. Now, have your hosts, Ben, Grant, and Adam, to share their predictions about all the upcoming shows set in the Star Wars galaxy. All right, uh, thank you very much, Grex, uh, and thank you, everyone, for uh, checking in with us for another week. Sorry we're a little bit late this week. Uh, sending it out you know things happen um this week uh we've got an interesting show for you we're very excited about this yeah um, because no one asked um we decided to fully forecast the plots of all the new live action features and uh live action standalone series in disney plus um and we're gonna lock these are gonna be our predictions we're gonna post them online and we're gonna stick to it um when we know absolutely nothing uh, about what these uh, stories are going to be. It's going to be fun um, for us. Uh, feel free to join in and uh, get at us on Discord or uh, Twitter or Instagram and uh, submit your predictions. Um, and we'll see who's right when we finally see these things roll up. Um, and if it's you, we will recognize you. I promise. Um, That's going to pay off to be broad and vague. Depending <laughs> <laughs> how we word some of these predictions, I think one of us could be right. You know, if you just keep it very broad. But um, yeah, the thoughts and ideas you hate more than hot takes predictions. Here we go. <laughs> Get some. I know. Yeah, tried to. I'm, I'm actually trying to both like think of things that could happen and that I'd like to happen uh, at the same time. But a lot of these, man, you know. Went through it, and I was just really just pulling thoughts out of the, the ether um, and throwing them down. Because when you actually try to be specific, like, okay, this is what the show is going to be about. Um, it's uh, There's a lot of ways it could go in the old galaxy oh, yeah. far, far away. Yeah. yeah. I definitely vision board this. Like, I, I was like, I, this is what I... I, this is why I'm going to lose this game, probably. <laughs> because I'm like, this is what I want to happen. And there's some stuff in here where I'm like... When I was writing, I'm like... There's no way they're going to do this, but I'm going to throw it out there because you never know. You never know, Adam. That's the thing. There's been too many times we've like had something come out and been like, we said this thing. And yeah. now we'll now we'll know how much do we really know about Star Wars and um, script writing and storytelling and yeah. where they're going. Um, yeah, we'll don't, see. don't measure us against the greats that brought you the sequel trilogy. Come on now. But uh, <laughs> and I promise you guys, I have some good pitches in here. But um, some of these stump me, I got to say. Like, some of them I was just like, eh, I just don't know when they're going to put this in the timeline, at what point they're going to set this story. Um, yeah. And, and I think the first one we're going to talk about, I, I have no idea where they're putting this story. And I have a very good yeah, idea what agreed. it's about. But I just, I have no idea where they're going to set it and who the characters will be and who we're going to follow. But, um, Art. and that is Rogue Squadron, right? Is that the yeah, first one? Let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. jump into it. Um, I mean, you, you were talking first, Grant. Let's, yeah. uh, get right after <laughs> it. If you want to push it onto me, you can. But I feel like I, I've already pitched for all of these projects on this show at some point. You have. <laughs> go back to of... any episode you will find, I think, a pitch for any so, of these shows. Is this what um, your answer is going to be like through the entire night? It's just like, see episode blank. <laughs> you are I consistent, Rogue... Grant. I, I can, I can attest right. to that. Well, I guess I'll put my pin in the timeline of where I think Rogue Squadron will take place first, just so it's there. But uh, I don't have a general. This kind of stumped me, so I don't really have a, a general logline yet. But because uh, it, it's so hard, because I feel like it's going to be set in the original trilogy era. I feel like mm. it's 
going to be set possibly between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Between those films. Oh, all right. Uh, I, like I think that. it might have to do with the, with the Bothan spies recovering the planets oh, Death Star have 2. Have you said this before? I think. I think it's just the it's I just think no I I haven't said this before but I just feel like it's the it's just the rational you know way to take this story after you've done a story like Rogue One it's just adding another war epic just in the in the original yeah. trilogy almost like set right adjacent to that era and I think that's that's kind of my pitch for what that that could be it's not a log line by any means but it's just kind of a general where I think what, it's going to be and it's obviously I, why don't I put one out there for you Grant yeah uh, go for it. For it. does it go something like Wedge Antilles leads his Top Gun pilots to Bothwai on an adventure to obtain the plans for the second Death Star. Is it something like that? <laughs> That's exact. That would be good. But yeah, and then the threat would obviously be thrown out there. The threat would obviously be the the, the Empire, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really wanted to do a uh, sequel trilogy one, um, like something post-Exegol, uh, where they're sort of cleaning up Dodge. But I was just like... Poe Dameron, I guess, would be leading that. And right. Got to get um, that actor in. And then I'm like, who else do you pick? Is it going to be, um, you know, like all, all those, like, I just don't see it, them bringing back all those actors again. Um, what's her name, too? The female from the Americans. Um, uh, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Yeah. Like, I'm like, are they really going to get all them back right. to do? I just don't see that. And it's like not I, I just feel like this is like you said, Grant, it's going to be it's my heart says it's going to be original trilogy. Right. But it wouldn't it wouldn't take place on Bathawi, right? It would go to wherever they uncovered the plans. They must have uncovered the plans on Imperial Stronghold on some. Actually, it should be a space station. If these are X-Wing, it's yeah. an X-Wing squadron. Yeah. It should be a space station of some kind or a kind of uh, outpost, you know, out in space. Yeah, and actually, this was probably my most vague one um, that I wrote. Yeah. Like, you're right. I just figured at some point they need to meet Bothans on Bothwai, but um, it, and you had said actually, I have Bothans look, somewhere yeah. else in the speculation in these predictions here. I have some Bothans going on, so I am excited to get there, guys, because oh. I feel like Bothans are in our future. Yeah. Um, so I think we have a match. <laughs> really? <laughs> because here's my log line. Following in the footsteps of the original Road Squadron, Wedge Antilles and a team of rebellion pilots go it on their own in a daring mission of espionage that will lead to the rise that will that if they fail will lead to the rise of the of the everlasting rule of the Empire and their new super weapon. Oh, my God. Death Star 2. Yeah. 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 So basically. All right. They're all all right. That's so crazy. First one. Bang, bang, bang. That's, I mean, it's maybe a very boring episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or a very awesome episode. Yeah. The, th- the thing is, is Grant is always very vocal, both on this podcast and off about his ideas. He thinks more than most human beings, um, I would guess, about these things. And I love it. It's it's and it's always something I haven't heard of. It's unhealthy. First. It's OK. I've, oh, it's I've so fun, it though. Yeah. But I, I'm worried that you've said this before and it's it was just rattling around my upcon- my mm-hmm. subconscious. And I was like, I just had this great idea. And it was actually your idea that you mentioned like last year. I know? may have said it before. I, who knows? We we all say so much in this, but I kept doing similar to you guys. Like I kept I kept trying to place it in the sequel trilogy, and my mind, in a way that it wasn't doing it for the other ones that we're going to talk about, kept pushing it out. Right, going like yeah. similar. You're saying like it's Ben. It's not possible. We're not going to get Poe Dameron. We're not going to get. Um, What's uh, your character's name? Carrie Russell. Story Bliss. Story Bliss. Shara Char- Bay. Oh, okay. No, Zori Bliss, right? Or or Charbet, or all, any of those characters. Like, 
We could, right? We totally could. And then I thought maybe Cameron and Shara Bay could could be in Rogue Squadron. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. And then they actually because they they actually list all the people in Rogue Squadron. They're in In Starlight Squadron. Oh, right. They're in Starlight. Yeah. Based on the new comic. But I feel like they can they'll they'll retcon things and move things around if they need to. But I but then I was thinking like could it be after like I thought maybe be like the rise of the resistance era, like kind of like previous, but I'm like, mm. I don't know. I feel like the 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 shows we're gonna be talking about later have laid a claim to that era, right? And like the, the five all those Poe Dameron comics too. They yeah. were like, you know, all the you know, what are they they called Black Squadron? Phantom Squadron? Yeah. Black Squadron. Black Squadron, right? So they you know, that's not Rogue Squadron. I mean, if you're gonna call your show Rogue Squadron, I think you're gonna do yeah, I think, I think so. it's going to be an OT affiliated thing. And I mean, in a lot of ways, um, you know, Rogue One is the most successful, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put quotations yeah. around successful of the Disney era movies, meaning that it did extremely well at the box office, not as well as as the as the main Skywalker saga, but it also carried the least controversy in quotation marks surrounding it. Right, they seem to be yeah. the most loved of it so why not try to do that again yeah and that made a lot of sense to me too and i was like this is going to be essentially like rogue one two you know like yeah. it'll be they, yeah. they want to capture that magic again and it's got rogue in its name as again exactly. and it makes a lot of sense for them to sort of like let's just put another movie in the timeline um and get another story out of it and and see some space battles and have it do a different thing it would honestly be weird if it wasn't a sequel to Rogue One, or at least like a spiritual sequel to Rogue One, because why would you call something Rogue? Right. right? You only have so many right. movies. So I feel like that's kind of another reason I came back to it. This is the weird. This is of all the ones other than Andor and Obi-Wan we'll talk about later that penned me in the most that I felt least creative around. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I felt What's the one around. we know the most about almost like we, we've got a director, we've got a name. And it's pretty descriptive name. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of these, yeah. we don't. Right, all the other movies are the name of the director's blank, unnamed Star Wars movie. Right. Um, so why don't we go on to one of those name of directors, unnamed Star Wars movie. This one's a total mystery. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi. But we know yeah. what kind of movies that Taika makes, right? Yeah. Uh, Let's go right. first. You want me to go first? Sure. Who goes? Okay. Oh, that, that, he said who? <laughs> well, Grant went first last time, so I'll go first this time. Uh, Doctor Afra, with the help oh, of the questionably reformed Triple Zero, must discover how she fits into the galaxy now that she's no longer forced to play the middle between the Empire and the Rebellion. So I think we're gonna get a Doctor Afra post the original trilogy series because to me that's interesting territory for her. Because she's the rebellion is now the new republic. The empire is gone. She's now living in a in a galaxy that has more rules than she's used to. But she's technically free because she doesn't have Vader's iron fists around her throat. It's true, but it's harder to play two sides against the middle. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 There's only like one yeah. side there. Basically, what do you become if you're an outlaw in a galaxy that's suddenly much more lawful? Right. So this would be essentially parallel to the Mandalorian timeline about maybe, maybe 10 years later. Like I, I want to give it a, that's what I was wondering. I want to give it like a few years. I think it might be a few years after that, because 
I feel like still when we're talking about the Mandalorian, it's still a bit Wild West like out there. But yeah. I feel like we get to maybe five years after that, a little more. The galaxy is a little more substantial, right? The the the, the role there. So I kind of like this idea. She'd be um, a little older, a little more sure of herself. Uh, and I feel like it's Taika, so you got to have a weird droid in there. So I like this idea that she's reprogrammed triple zero, but he's still a little wonky. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, got to have triple zero. I mean, we've been campaigning for a Taika directed Afro movie for years now. I mean, his his kind of his comedic uh, talents fit that that character perfectly. Like, I can't. There's not there's many directors I, I that I feel like are suited for that this but him especially it's just yeah. he would be he would do great nice Grant what did uh, what did you get for Mine, mine's a little bit more abstract I I I thought Taika was kind of leaning in the camp of like the Spider Verse you know Spider Man into the Spider Verse something something animated possibly and I was and like and but still an epic Star Wars adventure so I I think it's going to be about a droid and a small critter. Uh, are tasked with delivering a ancient Jedi artifact to a sacred temple uh, long forgotten by the Jedi. It's kind of, I just think it's going to be like two little animated characters going on an epic Star Wars adventure. Almost like, like, like Wally and the Cricket, like Wally and the, yeah. and the, the Roach kind of thing. That's kind of what I, that's the vibe I, I think. I, I could see it being like totally out there, just totally like something you never thought. It would be, you know, Do you I mean? have yeah. like, a timeline like where in the timeline pegged. I think it would be maybe like between the, the you know, the, the High Republic and the prequels kind of around the time of Acolyte, maybe. I like it. I like it. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I could see him doing, you know, flourishing in that role with those things. And you think it you say animated or do you think it's going to be live action or it's just going to have an appeal? I'm going to say animated and just top tier animation, like some of the best like animation. Like Pixar movies. stuff? Yeah. What about what about animated in the way that like the Lion King remake was animated? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like, not so much. No, but it'd be like animated <laughs> no. on top of like real backgrounds. Like photorealism? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I think it could be a little bit more cartoonish. I think because yeah. Into the Spider-Verse such a success. And That's I think it's so mainly good. because of what you can do with animation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's I, I want him to really do the, the the bounce and squeeze Disney, you know, animation style and bring it to Star Wars and, and do, you know, some really fun stuff with that. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of using it. You're basically using more elements than you would with live action, you know, in terms of expression. Right. Because even. Even a droid can express itself in all these different ways. You never, he never could do in live action, just because of animation techniques, things like that. Right, and we saw like what a great job he did with IG Eleven and The Mandalorian, and yeah, um, yeah, that could definitely lay the groundwork there. Um, I have a, uh, I, I've totally new take. I've never mentioned this to you on any episode before. It just came to me. Um, so I was thinking like Taika, he's really good with like comedy, obviously, but like edgy comedy and. He's able to sort of um, tiptoe along really like uh, taboo subjects and make it funny and light. Um, so I went with Taika Waititi. All right. The Guardians of the Wills. How a wayward Jedi, Jedi uh, discovered the wellspring of the force through a series of misadventures a thousand, thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, so this is essentially going to be the life of Brian in the galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Um, it's it's going to <laughs> it's going to spawn the Guardians of the Wills, the Cult of the Central Isopter, the Church of the Force, the Brotherhood of the Beatific 
countenance and the clan of Torabata, um, and essentially the erection of those statues and stuff. So he just he's gonna you know this character is gonna stumble into this religious crux like fulcrum point in the galaxy and like sort of like catch the wills controlling the force and as he's trying to explain it to people because you can't see the like the wills usually because i guess they're microscopic like he's going to try to explain and it's going to just like vector off all these crazy cults as they misinterpret what he's uh what he's discovered um but like then there will be the you know his his team that he will create will be the guardians of the wills i mean the idea of his life of Brian <laughs> in the Star Wars universe sounds like spot on. Right? Yeah. I think he could do it. Like, it would be a really funny show, I think. And, like, deadly serious and dark and super funny and stupid. Yeah. I don't know. It's He can do so uh, many I'm, things. I'm here for though. that. I want to I push Taika as, like, like, just do your craziest thing, Taika. Like, don't be safe. I don't want to see, like, a safe Taika thing. I want him to... You know, that's his whole thing is he can he can dance on that line and um and do bold things in a cool way. So do we get the line you're not you're not a Jedi, you're a naughty, naughty boy? <laughs> <laughs> you might. You might. You're a naughty, naughty, naughty boy. boy. That was one of the uh pandemic uh, experiences I had. Yeah. We went all the way through um the Monty Python like documentaries, all the movies again, just like was like I want I want into that. Yeah, so that that might have been why I went this way, but I love it. Be a cool thing. That that could be incredible. And so it's just that it's a guy who's kind of finding the wellspring of the Force, and like, yeah, I think it's like a, it's a Jedi reject that sort of like is cast about and sort of like stumbles, you know, is following the will of the Force, and it may, maybe somehow takes him to the wills to Jedha. And um, I don't even know if that's where it is, but somewhere it ultimately leads to the creation of the religious space that is Jedi. Right. I love that idea because like Life of Brian, if I remember correctly, right? Like the whole idea is as much as he's not like he's not actually like he plays a role right in the in the Jesus story. Yeah. And so I like this idea that this person that you think is just an idiot and just bumbling around somehow plays a very important role in the early life of the Jedi, right? Like just that's the way he's, he's following the will of the force, right. In a way that right. he's not aware of. Yeah. And also ultimately like he can uncover like the whole, like George Lucas story, like what it would yeah. have been. And it would be funny because ultimately no one cares and no one pays right. attention to it. And he would have yeah. had like all these answers. And, but maybe, I really like the idea of the guy just next to the guy who's the first Jedi. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, guy yeah. Who's just like sees the guy become the first Jedi. I was like, oh, okay, like just follows along. On board. Nice. Um, how about we do the uh, Kevin Feige one next? All right. How do you feel about that? I feel yeah. good. Um, do you do you want me to start? Because I haven't started. Yeah, you yet. haven't started okay. first. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So this one I actually almost I had written as the Taika one, and then I wrote the Guardian of the Wills, and I was like, "No, nah, that's Taika's story." Yeah. Um, but and actually, this one might be kind of dry, but it's uh, the rise of the Huts, how the mm. galaxy's most infamous criminal organization rose from the swamps of pre-Republic Varl to the seat of power in Nal Hutta and Nal Shada through the transition of power from the Rakata to the formal Republic, and the development of the hyperdrive. So like going to the origins of the huts and sort of their, you know, I don't know how much time you spend pre-Republic, but it'd be interested to see them 
to see their lives as slugs mm. and sort of like how they became this like super powerful thing. So um, I don't know. It's it's just a little broad, but that that's I mean, it. it's broad, but to guess a hunts a hut centric ideas is is good like that's pretty specific as much as it's broad that's so. a radical idea that it we're is. getting cut it's like the main <laughs> cast yeah, yeah. well that was it. what i was thinking with i'm Kevin excited for this movie this is the movie i want oh yeah faggy produced hut movie dude i'm in yeah. love it <laughs> the other reason i made him not do the guardians of the wills is because he couldn't have a show with the word guardians in it. i just like oh good point that. but yeah. um but yeah no i thought like he would do he would do a great job with the huts i think yeah and like yeah a lot of aliens it could be kind of wild and yeah so that was my i'm dying to see nel hutta i mean yeah i, yeah, I, I thought are. the planet in Mand- mandalorian was nel hutta for a minute but then i was like ah oh, i really want to see that planet me yeah. too this could give you the creation of that and this is an origin story that like wouldn't affect anything else it would just be pretty cool and funny and you'd see a lot of it would be like a reverse um sherlock holmes it's like super crafty creatures that are bending other people's wills with their, you know, whatever craftiness, I guess. And um, yeah, to but on a on a sort of different narrative. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. never going to be the thing, but it'll be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. I was stumped by this one. This was one where I was like, I just don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. Honestly. yeah. It's like I have no idea what he's going to do, but um uh, Adam, you go first because I'm still, I'm, I'm still like. <laughs> All right, this one's gonna be off the cuff. So, I was trying to think like, what has Kevin Feige done in in Marvel? What are they doing a lot in Marvel? What do they started playing around in Star Wars? And so I'm taking a big swing here. They've defeated the Empire, but Han, Luke, and Leia still have one more epic adventure ahead of them. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's broad all the de-aging all the de-aging all the de-aging the that is very broad but i also will argue that if i'm right i <laughs> win this thing oh yeah. time stamp uh, uh 157 so good at that i usually know what i'm gonna do it but that one slipped out because i was so <laughs> happy I was so pleased with myself um but i feel like that's such a big swing that if i'm right even if it's vague I win this thing because, like, I really do think with all the de aging stuff, they've de aged Mark, they've de aged Mark Hamill. My argument with all this stuff is you don't do that just to do it once, right? They've they've de aged two out of the three main characters at this point. They have those in the computer core, and we're eventually going to get a movie. I mean, think about it. we already had Captain Marvel, where we have de aged Samuel L. Jackson for a large portion of that film. Yeah. We're getting to the point, and when his movie comes out in three, four years, that we can probably saddle an entire film on three de-aged actors. That's a that's a wild. Yeah, you you win I if mean, that happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I'll let you. Know <laughs> one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in time. I'm going to say that Feige is going to do an introduction of kind of Jedi Sith relations for the first time show sort of the, the Jedi fully formed and the Sith fully formed those interactions and possibly lead up to the Jedi Sith war. And he'll gauge if audiences want him to be the one to kind of, you know, uncover all that, that, that storytelling and, and present that war. You know what I mean? Like just a lead up movie to possibilities of the Jedi Sith war but not present the Jedi Sith War just yet. It's just yeah. kind of... Ancient. So 
will the Jedi and the Sith be established already? Yeah, exactly. It'll be immediately. So be like doing the groundwork. Yeah. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. But maybe awesome. showcase a pilot like a Han Solo. Maybe a Han Solo character is more central than you'd think in a right. lot of ways. Because that's really? Feige to me. Feige is the everyman kind of. He, yeah. he creates these everyman all the time. Every woman, every person, you know, all the time in his films. Yeah. And uh, and we can all relate to these characters. So I think a smuggler or a Han Solo type might be more central than the Luke type character when he does this this run. I did some research on on Feige and what he's been doing and and everything I knew about this movie. He does have a uh, writer, I think, on board already. Um, and I looked at some of his stuff, and um, I don't have the name, but that didn't lead too much. He, he also allegedly has an actor in mind, like he's already tapped yeah. an act, a lead actor, that's a man. All right, which again doesn't give much to it. And I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, a, yeah. Yeah, I think the rogue character might be more central than we're thinking. I think he he might yeah. look as at Han Solo as the kind of wayfinder into the mm-hmm. Star Wars galaxy. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna actually make Han the main character, but the Jedi is ancillary. The Jedi is important too, and right. they come in and and maybe this character can wield the Force. I I love the idea of a, a hybrid, you know, uh, smuggler rogue character who maybe has possibilities in wielding the force, you know, using it in, you know, moments of need, like things like that. Like, I love the idea of everyone using the force if they, if they just call on yeah. it. It's yeah. Yeah. Technically cool. it's like, are you wielding the force? Is the force wielding you? I mean, that's a question right. that surrounds a lot of these characters. Um, but yeah, that'd be fun to explore more. I think that's a, that's a great bet. Uh, what'd you get, Adam? Did you have something for this? Yeah, I was the one who said they're going to DH Han, Luke, and Leia. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You said it at first. <laughs> no, it's fine. Just made, made <laughs> I was just buying time. He laid his claim. <laughs> um, that's, that's a good, that's a good uh, pick. It's, it's, uh, we'll see. That's probably my biggest swing. Actually, I have another big one later on, but I feel like that's probably my biggest one. Well, speaking of big swings. I just feel here. like he wants to set up a new era in a lot of ways. Like He wants yeah. to like set up a paradigm, basically, where he's like, oh, well, the Jedi and Sith are just like, already active fighting each other. If they're just already like known entities that's so funny i feel like that's like kind of ironic it kind of is that marvel flair immediately but, where it's like that's kind of hilarious that the jedi and sith are just out there fighting but it's yeah. not like the central focus it's not like so serious that like we have to cover all that stuff right away right yeah it's no that's fun. great i also looked at the sort of one other thing that popped up around um, feige that was like his role in lucasfilm and it's very clear. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, are you going to be running Star Wars now? And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's Kathy's job. He's yep. like, my the extent of my involvement in Lucasfilm is going home at midnight on Thursday night and watching The Mandalorian because I can't wait to see it. Like, he's like, yeah. that, I'm, yeah. you know, just like the rest of Which us. Which must be so freeing for him, right? To right. leave this thing and just write one thing, one thing in the universe and just do that thing. Right. But that makes me wonder about what, Grant saying he's a he's a big name he's a heavy hitter he's a, a top mind in Hollywood if that's a that sound like I'm making fun of myself but uh, even saying that but he you know he could be laying the groundwork for a series like yeah. I, I could see them putting him in a position and they're just like go play in a different era and build us something that we could perhaps build more on later and if he did this you know Jedi Sith War thing that's those are amazing storylines I think all Star Wars fans I want to yeah. see. Yeah, 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 I love so it. So it's it's interesting. Is he just going to do this little one off and play once in the you know galaxy far, far away, or is he going to do um, some big thing? Um, cool. All right. So big swings here. 
the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Let's I I we've phrased it like this. Let's assume he's still doing a trilogy. Sure. What is Ryan Johnson up to? Uh, Grant, you want to go first on this uh, one? All I think it's going to invert everything that you've seen before. Basically, like I think you might get a uh, an empire that is still the the main entity governing the galaxy in uh, kind of empress and i think an empress will task a like young jedi of some kind to take down marauding sith and then you might find out the empress has a dark secret and she's possibly sith and more inversions more subversions of, of everything's going to be and then maybe a, you know everything will be different basically it'll be everything you've seen before but just different and inverted like you might get a i think we might get a like a, a feminine c-3po like a female you know a uh, protocol droid um a critter instead of r2d2 like just a lot of things that are just totally it's all the elements we know and love just i think inverted in a lot of ways familiar yet different do you have yeah. uh, do you have an I, i'm dead set on an m i think it will be um i think there's a lot to mine if you go far future but i i, I think a lot of people want to go i think the main i think a lot of people involved probably want to go back and i think a lot of people want to go back um I'm going to go uh, far future, I think. Nice. I like it. Um, you mind if I go second, Adam? No, go for yeah, it. Go for it. Because I'm going to add to this. I, I also think he's going to go far future as well. Mm. Um, and I'm, this might be, I should probably credit both of you for this idea because I'm sure we, we have talked about what, what Ryan might do a lot of times. But uh, my pitch is uh, a new Jedi Order. A hundred years after the Battle of Exegol, the pupils of Rey Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, and Finn the Redeemer embark on a new quest to bring peace to the galaxy. And pretty much my only call is it's far future and it's going to be Jedi-centric. But it's like, this is, it's the next generation. It's after, we've made our pitch for the, the sequel-sequel trilogy. This is yeah. post that. This is what happens after, if they have the Throne Invasion, all that stuff. It's like... Totally clean slate. These are the pupils of these now dead Jedi heroes. Um, and mostly I just wanted to write Finn. So <laughs> that, I, I that's like, that's super last interesting. Name. It's interesting that you're tethering it to what we to the sequel trilogy and characters we've seen in the canon, because I was thinking this would be totally out of time. Like, even though it's far future, it's, it feels like a reboot of Star Wars almost. That's kind of what I saw it as. I, th I, I see thought it was like too, a complete reboot almost. It's only in the loosest possible way, though. Like, they're not alive. Like, Rey yeah. and Ahsoka and right. Finn are not alive. But right. they're these new characters basking in their legacy. But they've been now taught the new way by these people, which is, I think, a very Ahsoka Tano, Qui-Gon Jinn methodology of the Force. Um, where it would, you know, a, a much looser doctrine and an yeah. investigative doctrine, and um, and there's a brand new, you know, uh, problem in the, in in the galaxy. And I, I was actually thinking more of like a really complex civil war, um, where it's not just like one empire, but it's like there's several empires, you know, small, you know, larger factions that are battling for that that thing again um after after 100 years of peace it's sort of like well you know now you've got these built up militias and militaries that are uh, are going to be fighting and what what role do the jedi play in that where they're now sort of like we're not going to be generals but we're not going to be you know complete monks either like what are they and um yeah. and who are they to who and how does it faction off that but 
I, I think he's going to get a new space to play in. Um, but I really, you know, I like Grant's idea as far as it, like, it's very much on brand for Ryan to invert um, yeah. what we know about Star Wars and do that. And um, that'd be pretty so, cool. I love this. I have two questions that slash thoughts. The first is like, I love this idea of also, by the way, Finn the Redeemer. Was that what it was? Yeah, is that was awesome. my most, I was most proud of that. And, like, he needs a last name. Yeah. I'm like, he's the, re- the Redeemer. The Redeemer. So I yeah. feel like you have those three characters who, you know, in my vision of your vision, <laughs> whatever that means, is that they're not really ever named. Like maybe they're named in the crawl, right? And maybe we see statues of them right. in like the new Jedi Temple. But they're, that's why you can have this kind of like reboot, restart, everything. But that's not so much drawn into these characters. But they are the the, the people who started the new Jedi Order, right? It's, it's based off of their telling. My next question is, what about Grogu? Because it would only Grogu would only be uh, 175 at that point, so he'd be a young Yoda. Well, you could, yeah, he could be there. <laughs> what? I mean, actually, he should be there, shouldn't he? I didn't That's think about like, him at all, but you're right. Like, <laughs> thank he you. could be that tether, right? Like, he could that, be. That yeah, yeah, he could be. He's the last tether, right? It's like he's like the Yoda character lifespan. Like, yeah, you when you set something a thousand years, you know, after the sequel or you know after the original trilogy. Theoretically, you could show a Master Grogu as an elder statesman on the council or something, right. and they could tie it all back, and everyone would be like, yeah. "Oh, wow, okay, the Jedi are here now." Yeah, that's a um, Grogu who doesn't break Mandalorian instead. That's true, right? But he has time also, to do both. He can break Mandalorian, yeah, like, and then heal Mandalore, the... and then yeah, and then vector back off here. Actually, yeah. he could be a major plot point. They'd be like, "Oh, we have to find Master Grogu." <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go on to the series. Are you going to make me do mine? Yeah, I don't want to do mine. All right, so this is my least formed. I had no idea. It's it's honestly basically just a, a lesser version of Grant's idea for Feige, which is just I'm going the exact opposite direction. You know, I went future, I went past. I just went. We travel back to the earliest days of the Jedi and the origins of their early the their eternal foe, the Sith. I have no idea. That's it. Super far past. I feel like we have Jedi before they actually like are clearly established and we have Sith before they're clearly established. Like we tell the lore of the splitting. I want both of yours. <laughs> See, I like that, I but I just I'm think wrong. that's such hallowed ground that you're going to like, you're going to stir up the mass yeah. again in a crazy way. I, or it's like the most hallowed yes. area of the storytelling where it's like, Oh, Ryan and, and you know, is deciding all of that, you know, that's, yeah. It's almost I like, you know, just, if George should get like a co-written by or something, George should at least come yeah. and help, you know, at yeah. least guide that because I'm sure he yeah. that's, that's kind of hallowed area. Maybe that's yeah. how you do it. If you anyone have, could, uh, but yeah, yeah. Ryan Johnson co If anyone could by... do it, it could be, if anyone could do it, it could be Ryan though because he did such a good job with the, the Octu and the Force and the whispering and the effects work and the sound design and, and, and just the, the, the kind of purity of exploring the force in a lot of ways. And, and, and I love that, that montage in the last Jedi when Luke's explaining yeah. the force and it's, it, it felt like the film you're describing Adam. So like the, he could do, but do you want to see that all over again? And that's that exploration of nature I, and the duality from Ryan, or do you want Ryan to do something totally different? Here's the thing. So <laughs> last Jedi, it'll be like a yin yang. It'll be another yin yang thing for like the eternity. This is the one I kind of don't want to predict because I just want Ryan Johnson to do whatever Ryan Johnson is going to do and I'll watch it and be happy because I 
the last Jedi taught me anything is just never try to predict what Ryan Johnson is going to give you in a Star Wars movie because I was like 95% wrong. And boy, was I glad I was 95% wrong because I really love the film that man gave me. So this is the one where I got so in my head about because I'm like, I don't know what Ryan Johnson is going to do because no one knows what Ryan Johnson is going to do. Yeah. And that's why I just threw out like weird archetypes like, you know, female yeah. Or like empress and like instead of an emperor yeah. like just like weird inverted archetypes because i hope i hit something there you but definitely got more in his head than than i did yeah. yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense he does like to he's like he's like well by the letter it's exactly star wars and exactly precedented like that's very much his thing there's a lot it's of like, but it's, it'll look completely much, different so. yeah Think of, if you think about classic films, like uh, I think of a uh, female C-3PO is going to look more like the the automaton from uh, Metropolis, Metropolis, right? Like it, yeah. he, he does these film homages constantly. Yeah. So like I'm I'm that's kind of the frame of mind I'm also thinking of. Yeah. Uh, in turn, bringing into my thought process, and so but, yeah, so I, I, I'm hard. most excited for his movie. If that makes sense, though, I'm most excited for his movie. And if he does the origins of the of the Jedi and the Sith, like Adam's foretelling here. I'm here for that. I'm here for that as long as he does all three and writes all three. What if he did the origins of this Jedi and the Sith? So this is this is what popped in my head. I'm starting to realize why I may have come to this. As an homage to Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. <laughs> Which I know we did an episode on it is a new hope. But part of me is like, what if he just did that? Like, because it's so fe- like. Did it more feudal? Did it whatever? Like, it just is this weird. Wouldn't that be like a Ryan Johnson move to be like, no, no, I'm actually going to do a Hidden Fortress homage. Wait, that could all totally happen in like one day on Kurosawa like, that could happen on yeah. one day on like Rusan or, or whatever planet the Jedi and Sith are battling on, though. It could be like Ricotta. feudal wars are happening in the background, but in the yeah. backdrop. But, uh, but you know, it's just you're following some bumbling characters go through it, and, yeah, and yeah. eventually it's Star Wars. It turns into a Star Wars story. But the princess is the song. Jedi, right? Right. Yeah, just take all the things that you've seen before, I think, and right. kind of stir them in a pot and have them come yeah. out in a completely different form, and that's how you're what you're going to get from Ryan. Yeah. But I'm yeah, I'm very excited. For, I think I'm most excited for his project because I do think the Last Jedi is, is some of the best. I think writing and story direction and just the, the kind of um, screenwriting that I've seen in a while, in a yeah. long time. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the comedy and things like that, but I thought just so, the, I thought he understood the purity of the force in, yeah. it, in ways that George did during a new hope, basically. And that's probably the highest praise I can give anyone in terms of being a star. This is, this is also kind of why I like the idea of going back in time, because if it's like the origins, it's very like sacrosanct and it's very important it makes me feel like there's not a lot of room for comedy because if there's anything I want to take out of Ryan Johnson, star Wars, it's comedy. <laughs> Cause it's probably his weakest part of that movie. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it could be a super serious thing. I, yeah. The thing I like about him is that he's bold and you know, it, it seemed like he had to sort of follow the scaffolding built by JJ Abrams um, with, yeah. with the last Jedi. So it was a little constrained. I want to see him off the tether. And yeah. um, doing whatever it is, because he, he made a very bold and exciting movie. And that's what I want. Let's get great directors making bold takes on Star Star Wars. I don't I don't want them to play it safe and fall. You know, they just as long as you have the pillars in there, you can do whatever you want. Because, you know, because in the last Jedi, they're the makings of great in the in the last Jedi, they're the makings of, of great kind of first movies in a trilogy and, and last movies in a trilogy. Yeah. as well. And so I think yeah. he could he could do the first and last movie in a trilogy 
equally good. Yeah. You know, I think it would be a great job. probably saw that, you know, Kathy's like, and then she's, because immediately, this was like the first thing she was like, he's going to have his own trilogy. Like, it's right very early. Yeah, I just, I wonder if he just sat down with her and be like, this is what I'm going to do if I'm the only one doing the trilogy, not if I'm having to write off of this first movie and then try to set someone else up that I don't know what they're going to do for the last movie. Which, which is what which is that what that man was put in that place, right? Because yeah. there was no grand plan for this thing. So for him to just down like, great, I did this movie. I'm really proud of it. Here's what I would do if you'd give me the ability to plan out an entire trilogy. And she probably went, yeah, do it. That sounds great. Right. And when yeah. it comes to writing mentor, mentorships and, and, and those kind of mentor apprentice relationships, I think he did it better than JJ in a lot of ways. I think uh, I think Luke as a mentor is like subverted and interesting, and I think Snoke as a mentor is just—it's uh, just uh, you know traumatizing and harrowing to to, yeah. to deal with Snoke in that film, yeah. and just how how mean he is now. You know, it just—he did he did a great job managing the mentors, and I think that's yes. key to rebooting Star Wars in a lot of ways is I writing agree. mentors. Yeah, totally. All right, next up, uh, we'll get into the uh, standalone live-action Disney Plus series. Don't everybody thank me at once. All right, we are light-speed skipping into our predictions for all the upcoming live-action series. Uh, I think we should start with the kind of the stinger image of Boba Fett on the throne in Mandalorian. What is his story? What what are Boba Fett and Fennec Shan going to get up to? Uh, and will that be the story of Book of Boba Fett, or will Book of Boba Fett be a com- an entirely different story? Um, uh, I, I I imagine that it, it may take place uh, with those characters and just you know follow the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. But what do you guys think? Let's start with you, um, Ben. Why don't you go first? Uh, Boba Fett reflects on his path. It, it, I do take it right from him on that throne. Um, Boba Fett reflects on his path to his present where he creates a new force for good in the galaxy that hunts the worst of the criminal underworlds. Worlds, plural. Uh, This is going to be Ocean's Eleven in the galaxy far, far away. So I actually, I I want him to sort of have some flashbacks to Boba's past. Uh, But he's going to put together a new team, but he's like a new man. He's a new bounty hunter. He's not just going to be killer for hire anymore. He's got larger ideas, and I think he's going to pillage the worst in the galaxy so he'll be a kind of Mm. justice like dark justice bringer um that's going to financially benefit at all involved but it's also going to sort of help out the galaxy okay so a little bit of a robin hood type so batman batman of the star wars galaxy i would say closer to robin hood (laughs) but actually kind of danny ocean i think you know like that's kind of that's that's sort of what i i had in mind it's just going to be like super all-stars we're going to get IG-11, Dengar, Bosk, whoever's still alive at this point. Um, we're going to get them and then better, like, elite uh, bounty hunters uh, working together on super elite jobs that are next to impossible. Uh, Fennec Shan, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's it's, it's going to be Boba Fett, but he's going to set his sights higher than just, you know, the next bounty. Love it. All right, let's... I love this, and I just want to jump back to the comment, the what you said about seeing flashbacks. And uh, I think I think we we might all be in agreement about this. But do you guys want to see how he got out of the Sarlacc pit? Yeah, like visually. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think I need that in a lot of ways. Yeah, I just need to see the struggle and what he did there because I think it could be visually stunning and just a really cool scene to shoot and just so weird. And I love weird Star Wars, I think, is possibly the best Star Wars. Like, it just when it gets strange and bizarre, yeah. like, I like well, the bizarre turns. He's also a bit broken, I feel like, in a way, when we see him yeah. back. So he's gone through stuff, right? So I think seeing that that struggle is important, right? Seeing why he's, he, what, what he went through, the sufferings he went through. Right. And all we know about him now is he's a man that's like of, of his creed. He's a hundred percent on his creed. I mean, he was a taxi driver for the Mandalorian for a lot of that series, which is like not something Boba Fett would do pre Sarlacc pit. I don't think. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's like, he's got an ethos now and he's got a long plan and, um, yeah, and 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 he's a he's a changed changed man, so I don't know. Could be really cool. Yeah, he could actually find other clones. I don't know if there are any clones left alive, but he could gather them. Yeah, that, that would be really an cool. interesting interaction, right? Yeah, I mean, bring I vets of the Clone Wars together. Isn't Rex still around at at the in return? Yeah, yeah. So he's pretty old though. He's still pretty old, but he could find some some older yeah clones. I think the age Adam, why don't you go next before right. we uh, divulge too much that you, might be one of your ideas? No, no. So I went to a completely different direction where he has not evolved all that much. Um, so uh, now that the legendary Boba Fett has returned, there's one more thing left to do before he can rejoin the guild. Get revenge on the one who caused his suffering in the pit of Carcoon, the nesting place of the all-powerful <laughs> Sarlacc. Oh wow! Okay, so, so that is exactly he's my going after Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke Skywalker is not the one who knocked his ass into the yeah, uh, pit exactly. It's Han Solo. It's, it's, it's Han Solo. I yeah, thought it was. It, oh right, you're right, you're right. See, I was thinking about a tab being like Han Solo, Lando Calrissian in the last. I yeah, yeah I think Skywalker. Yeah, I, think I was I was like, te- hesitating to do all three of them, but I was like, yeah. I said Boba Fett and his newly founded crime syndicate vie for power in the galactic underworld while simultaneously scouring the galaxy for Han Solo to exact yeah, revenge. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's, that's yeah. kind of what I think that show could be in a lot of ways. I think so too, but I agree, Ben. I think there's going to be this, the flashback. I, I think we're going to get, it's weird to call it the book of Boba Fett, right? Like that is a very, that's a very specific title to have. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it does suggest that you're going to, He's you're going to get the full Boba Fett story. It's going to yeah. tell the complete story. I just I, I get what you guys are saying. And I think that's really cool. It, it makes, you know, it'd be really fun. I think one Han Solo would be really easy to find at this point. Um, and two, it's that's Boba's mistake. It wasn't like like he shouldn't have been, you know, it, it, it was a, an errant swing of a gaffy stick that that set yeah. him into the into the pit. And it wasn't like he was bested in one on one combat with a tied up and and blindfolded or in blind um, that's why i think you'd want thing. luke skywalker in a lot of ways because i think he 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 jets off the barge towards them when he sees that luke has kind of made this yeah. breakaway right like yep, that's right. when he acts and i think he's targeting luke oh. right like in and a lot of ways lost quarry right yeah he was his charge yeah. to keep you know luke going into the pit and he went in instead i mean if he was mad at anyone yeah but my whole thing with wild that he missed his chance to interact with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yes, I know. I was wild. just thinking about that meme from like Umbrella Academy, where like they're in the cars <laughs> looking at each other, they're driving past each other, and that everyone was doing that. But like, yeah, yeah. him flying off in Slave One as like, Red Five flies in, just like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> 
insane. Nice. Yeah, I think I just think you could get a DH Han Solo. Or you could get like Alden Aaron Reich. I don't know what you could do. Just yeah, one or the other. Stuff, I feel like. Yeah. Oh no, we've de-aged two out of the three, and we know we're going to get all three of them de-aged in the Kevin Kevin Foggy movie. So right, why not start practicing now? Right, right. Good point. <laughs> um, great. Uh, what do y'all want to do next? How about uh, Mando three? Uh, let's do Mando three last because I think yeah, we're going to cover a bunch of series that might lead okay. into Mando three and the special event and all that stuff. Let's do let's do Andor since there is we've seen demo reel footage of that show and there's quite a bit known about it and it might be just and I think if they're in release uh, in the release schedule I think it's uh, going to release before Mando three. Okay. What do you yeah, guys What can, are you yeah, guys thinking for Andor? Adam. Why don't you lead us in here? I, so, yeah. So, this is one of the few I don't actually have, like, a nicely written out line sentence for. Because, for some reason, we know the most about it. I'm like, but I, I, like, I know what the story is to the point where I don't know how to say what it is. Right? Like, it's, 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 sorry, my cat's scratching me right now. Um, I feel like Andor is going to focus on a single mission in a single planet. I feel like we're going to get a, a very much a, a centralized story of him um, leading an uprising. That's kind of my feeling. What are your thoughts? Oh, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you're definitely centering it around the time and you're centering around the time when he's the formative years where he's basically fighting with the separatists against the, burgeoning empire right like the new empire basically i don't know i think it's only a few years before rogue one but i feel like he's installed he's he's like installed in a planet he's there undercover it's very bond like right like he is he is he's working like multiple contacts it's very much like it's like a john Lacroix uh film right or something like that right like it's very much like just just yeah multiple intrigue multiple people just trying to to kind of build up a resistance or a rebellion on a planet that's, that's nice man i like the lacare reference that that yeah. could be very cool and I, I am remembering now we had mentioned like bond would be a great uh, um would be a great uh format to keep or um for for this show um or like a tablet or scaffolding for the show that would be very cool I had something a little different, though. I I went heart of darkness. Actually, I, I wanted it to get like super dark, at least in the beginning. So by the time he gets out of it, and you know, gets to where we see him in Rogue One, he's like very willing to give his life to the Resistance. Mm. I, I mean, I really was thinking about that scene where he decides to go on the suicide mission with that group of of rebels um, yeah. as Rogue One. And like where they're talking about their history. And so I was like trying to tap into that Cassian Andor. Um, so I, I wrote uh, Cassian travels through the dark heart um, intentional of the galaxy with a band of political refugees in search of hope and a critical mass of resistance strong enough to overthrow an empire. Um, so, yeah, I, I wanted him to I wanted it to be wild, like his really like his roots of the resistance. And it's just him and some stragglers and. It's and the galaxy's crazy and it's like, you know, people are dying and they're just like 
trying to hold on to strands of information that might push them closer to their goal, but they just know that like they're going to give their life for this, this whole thing. So I, I, I do like, you know, he would be a great bond in, in the galaxy far, far away. And that, that if they play it that way, that'd be great. But this, I see him as just, you know, a much more chaotic galaxy surrounding. Mm. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I, I went into the, I, I'm definitely interested in the spy games and the, 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 the carré kind of, um, uh, like mole and sleuthing and, and, and kind of espionage. I, I love all that stuff. So I was thinking that uh, I have a very specific actually like kind of pitch for what the show could be. So I'll just, I'm going to hit specific on this. So we'll probably miss at this point because it's very specific, but I think uh, when Cassian's uh, Andor's mentor, a, a chief intelligence officer, possibly a Bothan, if we want to do that, if people want to, if he learned to be a spy from a Bothan, that'd be, yeah, cool. that'd be cool. uh, is killed. Yeah. And Andor can't trust the rebel spy network and must go on a mission to both uncover a mole in the rebel intelligence and take down an ISB spy master who is always one step ahead of the fledgling rebellion. Ooh, nice. And kind of finding a mole and taking out an Imperial spy master and like, just can't trust anyone. It's all about trust and right. in the midst of war and cycles of violence and going back to his youth, possible flashbacks of, you know, when the empire is taking over the galaxy and I think his planet was fighting with the separatists when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, stuff like that awesome. could be interesting. It's a good focused shot on that. I mean, I could definitely see that that story totally. playing out. And you've you've talked about like I know you're fascinated with the ISB agents and the intelligent agency and the spycraft and this and put be- a Bothan in this film. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they do Or this they, series. Sorry, I'm sorry, this is a series. Right. Which would lay the groundwork for something later if they ended up, you know, for that Rogue Squadron thing, which we've now. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of ground you can connect there with the spy networks. Totally. Right. Um, Yeah, that would actually end. That would shake hands. I mean, actually, this should have some tie ins with Rogue Squadron a little bit. If really that Rogue Squadron is going to be a little bit, you know, a cousin to Rogue One. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, in terms of synergy, that's perfect because you yeah. could set up some spy network stuff. And then when we get to Bathawi, or, no, or you know, if we get to the Bothans who had brought the plans for the Death Star to Mon Moth on the, re- you know, the re- rebellion, then you could see the footing or the scaffolding of all of that in Andor, you know, yeah. and in exploring the rebel, you know, spy network. Nice. Cool. Very cool. Um, what about Obi Wan? That's probably the next one we'll see after Cassian, right? After Andor? Yeah. I've pitched this one a million times, so you guys have to go first. Yeah, can I go first? <laughs> go for it. Yes, go. Two words. Grant's idea. <laughs> <laughs> then Grant. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> no. no, honest to God. Like I, I kept trying to do it and I kept I kept coming back with like I deleted it a million times going, No, Grant's is better, Grant's is better. I like Grant's. I know that seems whatever, that might seem like a cop out, but I just think they should do Grant's idea. <laughs> and I and I kept going like the female speech and like we've talked about the the seeing of of vader in some way maybe through hologram form and and knowing that's his realization that oh you know that that anakin became darth Vader. like i just it's all i'm on board like i I don't have anything all right all right yeah yeah you and me both let's do it yeah i guess now that i'm looking mine is really just a paraphrase (laughs) of grant's idea grant why don't you go last and give us the idea but uh mine is uh obi-wan deals with the post-traumatic stress of killing his brother meditates on the future and solves the mystery 
that ties past and future together. Who is Darth Vader? Yeah. Love That's it. what I got. Yeah. So it's a little bit of past, a little bit I of like future. The Vader cent- I like the Vader centric yeah. in that a lot. That's really interesting. Yeah. And so, even that Hayden Christensen's cast and they're going to be reuniting. And that was publicized in a huge way, which I wish wasn't publicized. I wish that yeah. just like yeah. happened. That would have that would have just blown all of our <laughs> but, uh, heads away. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it just makes sense. Like I, I want to see, you know, I want to see these flashbacks with Hayden. I want him to meditate on the future with Qui-Gon and sort of like his role in like maintaining like what he's going to be doing, watching over Luke and what he's going to do and what does the chosen one mean and all that. And then in the yeah. center, he's got this spy, you know, this adventure that he actually goes on um, to undercover who Darth Vader is because he has his, he has his, his ideas, but needs to confirm that, that, you know, his fears that uh, Hayden is Luke is uh, Darth Vader. Right. Love it. I love that. What is, uh, how did you, you phrase it, Grant? And Oh, well, you know, mine was always had this central figure that is that we haven't talked about yet that could be the recent casting. I don't know. But um, in terms of like <laughs> in terms of what I was trying to aim for when I first pitched the show was I think uh, when, when an Imperial inspector is dispatched to Tatooine uh, by Lord Vader, Obi-Wan must break from his spiritual training with his deceased master to keep Luke Skywalker's identity hidden. From the, from the empire's greatest detective yeah right basically someone who is there to detect and find force sensitives possibly for the emperor himself and maybe in a group known as the, you know the emperor's hand or something that's like the closest knit network of inspectors and and kind of spies that possibly work with the um inquisitorious inquisitorious yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it would be it. neat to see like another like even more enhanced version of the Inquisitorious that sort of uh, that the emperor keeps in pocket. That's this like emperor's hand, like elite, like at another level above what um, Vader's doing. Like maybe the Inquisitorious takes care of the low hanging fruit. Like, all right, we know where they are, but this group is the one that really seeks out and gathers yeah. to tell yeah. on what people are. I yeah. really liked this, this idea because I keep, I keep having this vision of the scene where I think of this great opening for this, where it could be uh, that this, this, this inspector, this imperial inspector, you know, elite ISB figure basically gets is has earned the emperor's favor. And Vader kind of sees that this character has earned the emperor's favor and basically tasks them to go to Tatooine as sort of punishment because he's right. envious of this yeah. character. And I was like, this is so good if you did this because then and yeah. then it's dwelling on and this character could then have an understanding of Darth Vader to then bounce things off of obi-wan you know like talk about vader in, in a yeah. way where it seems natural or organic yeah things yeah. like that could be really cool and you could get a great sand line and be like enjoy the sand <laughs> <laughs> yeah it gets everywhere it gets everywhere yeah a lot of good sand jokes like the coming. beach yeah yeah <laughs> imagine it's a beach yeah yeah uh, Nice. Uh, all right. That's a good one. Uh, why don't we do a random one? How about uh, the Lando series? And throw that out there. Oh, love sure. this. I love this idea. Grant, go for uh, it then. You're stoked. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, a, chronicling, a chronicling of Lando's journey from reckless sportsman to responsible baron administer with lots of room for love, danger, and risky business opportunities in between. That's, that's it, baby. That's the show. 
that's a pretty clean show in my mind. Like, like yeah. the idea of the show is so pure. It's like perfect. It's the perfect show. I want. It's why I want. It's like all about entertainment and like going around yeah. like the really colorful areas of the galaxy. Like I'm, I'm excited for this show. Yeah. Did you have something different, Adam? Yeah, a little bit. So here, here. Okay. On his mission to reunite the X First Order troopers with their loved ones, Lando retells a story from his past in the Calrissian Chronicles. We soon learn that these two tales intersect in a very personal way. Oh, cool. So it'll be like oh, a flashback show with Billy D. Yeah, we get Billy D and we get and we get uh um I can't think of his name. Uh sorry, uh, yeah. Donald Glover. Yeah, Donald, Donald, Donald Glover together. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, there's been a lot of talk about the possibility that um Man, I'm just out of names today. That the stormtrooper is supposed to be his daughter, but we do know oh, Naomi Aki uh, is supposed to be his daughter, uh, but we do know he lost his daughter at some point. Yeah. Zana. So yeah, so you know, I think there's a lot of storytelling here where you could see this 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 connection between something, right? So I I just think this is gonna be interesting. Like we want Billy D, we want Donald Glover. I think we can get them both, and I just I love the idea, the fact that ever since Solo, the Calrissian Chronicles gives us a way. To have both, right? To have this, you know. See, I was thinking this would go like full Wolf of Wall Street or like Scarface or, you know, like like Layer Cake or Saturday Night Fever. Like just be like full energy, like full blast style piece of just like Donald Glover being the classiest Lando ever. And just yeah. like not spare any time doing anything else, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say like, why can't we have, why can't we have this Lando? Mean, you get like Billy D yeah. in the cape, like with a cocktail talking with Xana. No, I like, like <laughs> Xana's like, like so the... like just tell me the story. And he's like, let me tell you about this one little time. Talking yeah. about yeah. his path. But she oh gets like God. more it's and cool. more frustrated because every story has nothing to do with their lineage. He's like, I'm getting there, baby. And it's just like <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah. And they're just like these wild, wild tales. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess mine's pretty tame after all that, but uh, I wrote uh, The Calrissian Chronicles, a series of vaporwave vignettes about young Lando trying to build his own business empire in the galaxy. So pretty much what uh, you yeah. both said, but like not yeah, with yeah. as That's much. That's a nice uh, distillation. I like that yeah. a lot. I did like kind of want that like like really wild aesthetic, like vaporwave, like everything's yeah, purple. Like, like Nicholas yeah. Winding Ref and like only God forgives drive neon demon, that kind of like strain, like the, just yep. the really contrasting neon where it's just super bright neon against darkness. And then, yeah, you know, Wong car wise, 2046, like, you know, the, the fifth element. I want like weird aliens in, in Lando. I want like just the strangest oh. aliens all over the place. In that Crazy universe. flora and fauna. And yeah. And style, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. Just stylish. It's like the clothes in Lando should be the coolest star Wars clothes you have yeah. ever seen. Yeah. And everything he does is with <laughs> swag. It, yeah. Yeah, it's that show is is got to it, it. There's so much room for it to be awesome. They, they need to. It could YouTube. go on forever too. I wouldn't mind it just lasting forever, like in perpetuity. Yeah, just like yeah. The, <laughs> the right. Long run, longest running season. You know, show. I know as much as like yeah, as much I, like if they if Justin Simeon really nails it with the first season. My only fear is that like we'll lose Donald Glover because he's too huge. But yeah. if they just kill it and everyone's like, I got to see that show. And it's the crossover thing that like finally brings like, like, you know, puts its arm around minorities in the world, you know, in the way that it should. 
then, you know, I think it'll be super popular and they should just let it ride because who wouldn't want to see that show forever, you know? Yeah. Um, or yeah, it'd be, it would be a cool show to, uh, to basically like explore the entertainment sphere of the galaxy, the politics, the, the nefarious like criminal underworld. Like you basically do the criminal underworld story where he rises through these risky, you know, business opportunities. Yeah. Like I stated in the, in my pitch for this. And then, you know, he could, he could do some dangerous jobs, but then start to get like, start to see that the better side of life is, is, is basically being responsible and taking care of people. And like, that's where he, he, he yeah. slowly has that evolution from being this risk taker, you know, a high wire act, you know, um, you know, guy getting involved in, in risky business transactions to becoming a responsible administrator of where we kind of see him in cloud city in a lot right. of ways, but a lot, you could a do lot that like, very slow. I think, I don't think you need to do that very quickly. I think you could do yeah. that slow. Yeah. Yeah. It, but a lot like Han Solo, he has a hero's heart. It's probably what brings us two together. And yeah, it just, it, so instead of breaking bad, he breaks good. Yeah. And yeah, it, uh, yeah, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, what do y'all want to do next? I got left. Uh, Rangers, Ahsoka, or Acolytes? Rangers. Uh, let's do let's do Rangers. All right. Okay. Um, uh, I'll jump on this one. Yeah, jump on that. Uh, Harrison Dula cleans up Dodge with a ragtag band of pilots under the direction of Mon Mothma. Hmm. So that's pretty close to mine. If you want me to jump on, so sure. Yeah, go Harris- go go. Harrison Dula uh, must form a ragtag team of rangers to chase down a rising threat in the outer rim. Um, it's vague, but basically what I think that is, is that the the, the plot line we saw in, in Mando season two with cloning and kind of the shattered empire, yep. I think is going to move into the rangers storyline. I think that's where they're going to pick that storyline up for Mando season two. Hey, great. I just said Rangers of the New Republic venture beyond the Outer Rim to uncover intel about the Shattered Empire's plans for resurgence. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're all kind of <laughs> unsimilar. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not a lot but to go X-wing, on. I was thinking X Wings, and I was thinking these would be X, an X Wing squadron. Basically. I think so. Basically, an yeah. X Wing squadron goes beyond the Outer Rim to uncover. Well, the, the weird thing is, like in the New Resistance, it's like they're like, no, let's just all get only X Wings. I would love to see more A wings and B wings and Y wings, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I Actually, hope that's a good point. Those. That's a really good point. I I would love if they just if maybe it is if they uh, the Rangers are in X wings, but maybe they do pop out and visit you know other squadrons of you know B wings and Y wings and yeah, you know, I need to see yeah. a B wing just kind of right. hanging out in space. Just someone just throw a B wing in yes. you know, park. And just stall that thing. I just want to look at it against the stars just for yeah. a minute. Yeah. In, for a full minute. Action. 60 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Rangers is a big umbrella, right? And we yeah. know that Hera is a full-on general in the army. So she can be commanding multiple squads. And so maybe we just, you know, the squad we've seen in um in uh Mandalorian is mostly X-Wings. You know, there can be other squadrons that are hopefully different. I think, what? I think I think you get Thrawn in this show. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm screaming that at this point, but uh, I think you Thrawn. get Thrawn in this show. This is where you get the inklings of Thrawn, basically. If this show does come out before Ahsoka, I feel like this is where you could be like, there's someone out there, and then you know, if there's Hera, if Hera is central to the storyline, then maybe she's like, there's someone out beyond the outer rim. Like, and, and you could, 
create this sort of mystery, this air of mystery. Yeah. Um, I, I'm following and make, the... make it seem ominous, you know, where the rangers are heading. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, man. Um, but we talked about this recently. Is it the last week of the week before, but I, I'm pulling, pushing all my chips into the center of the table that we're going to get, um, these old, uh, alumni from rebels, a different character in each one of these Mando yeah. series. And I think Hera is going to be in Rangers and they're all going to be headed towards this battle with the Chiss and Thrawn, yeah. flick with Thrawn. And, um, you know, but it, yeah, I think, yeah. So no, I that's agree. Why, that's why I name dropped Hera because I think that's, yeah. she's a great character um, and makes a lot of sense. Cause I don't know who else you would use there. For I don't know. Like, I, don't which, know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but I feel like I agree. And I think, I, I, I think, the the event that they're leading towards is Thrawn. Yeah. 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 It makes a lot of sense. Um should we just well, why don't we jump over to Acolyte for a second? Let's break up the the Mandoverse here. All right. All right. Um because this is this is the crazy one, right? Like yeah. Acolyte, this is a blank canvas and we just know it's going to be awesome, but we don't know how awesome and in what way. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? I can go in there. Yeah, right. I think you haven't gone yet for a while. Go um, ahead. Yeah. A descendant of the ancient Sith journeys to the many worlds once controlled by her forebears to uncover secrets of their fall, only to learn she's not the only one searching for knowledge of the once great Sith Empire. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So she's they're picking picking up the pieces. Of a, a broken Sith Empire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And trying Finding to tie it the together. Hidden the shards and the, the kind of the ruins, the artifacts, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's not a lot. lot of them. It's like they're so she's obviously an actor. I think she just well, I think she just finds out there's gonna be I think she's as she's going to meet other characters that may be Sith adjacent or Sith Lords themselves, you know, maybe a climactic end season finale as a Sith Lord. You know, you don't know, you know, where this show's gonna go. So when does she become an acolyte? Like somewhere along the way she like I think she might just she might just I I I'm just framing her as a descendant of the Sith. In some way she was she has ties to the Sith, the ancient mm. Sith some some in some way. So it's part of her legacy, her heritage. And so she's just being like she's just looking into it, you know, as anyone would if they just learn it, you know, if they find out that this is, you know, somewhere where they their ancestry lies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then look into it in a very organic way and then learn about the dark side, essentially and learn about the Sith. And I don't know, to me, it, it seemed like, and then become an acolyte, I guess, of the dark side. I mean, that's, that's kind of, the show's called the acolyte, I imagine. And it could even be in media res where she already is an acolyte and learned many things, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What do you got yeah. out of it? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, the Acolyte, a female apprentice of the dark side, is sent on a mission from her master, a Sith Lord obsessed with eternal life that will take her to the take her to dark and cities to the dark and cities underworld of Coruscant. Hmm. Uh, oh, like do you that. have a name for this uh, Sith master that she has? Yeah, it's Plagueis. <laughs> oh, Plagueis. wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm calling on them retconning or or writing over old canon, and making Plagueis a longer living Sith than we thought of before. Because my thought is, if you're obsessed, 
if you're obsessed with eternal life, right, and and you just get killed in your sleep by your newest, you know, Sith apprentice, you've been around for a while. That's my thought, right? It's like he's been around for hundreds of years. Mm, then just you really keeping need himself alive. Sleep, sleep yeah. is sacrosanct when you're that old. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, like I know that's going like to get a lot of people angry about writing over all the all the Sith masters, but uh, it's certainly a possibility, right? None of that is is uh, yeah. is canon. Um, actually, we we texted privately. We didn't put it on Discord because we didn't want to blow our um, our previews here, um, but or our predictions. But yeah, I mean, Lucino wrote um, James Lucino wrote Plagueis, and it's a fantastic book. And yeah, I I think they should just just pull that right on into canon. It is so good. Yeah. And I know they want to leave themselves some room, but there's like, it's so precise and so beautiful that book, like, please go read it. Um, about the intricacies of, of, uh, Darth Sidious's master and how they came to be. But also we learn about Plagueis's master that is a lot of that book too. Uh, Darth Tenebris, the Sith Bith or the Bith Sith. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> We're still making that T-shirt, by the way, so I don't yeah, know if yeah, I feel comfortable with you retconning Sith Bith. Our merch store. Well, I mean, shortly. so you can retcon it in a way that the Sith Bith still exists. Now, now older. I'm really just older than we thought, right? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure this series is going to take, didn't they say, like 200 years? The tail end of the uh, High Republic. High Republic. Yeah, right. so 100 Which, to 200 years. Yeah, yeah. Yas. Um, all right. So I've got on this one a young Jedi disillusioned by the countless errors made by the Jedi, uh, the High Republic Jedi that we know, uh, followed uh, uh, by the, sorry, disillusioned by the countless errors made by the Jedi, uh, breaks bad towards her darkest impulses and enlists in the Sith army on a quest to bring order to the galaxy. So I have, she's possibly one of the Jedi, um, young Jedi from High Republic. Um, and I imagine at this point, because I, 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 I think we all think, well, I don't know. I think the High Republic is going to descend into chaos. Yeah. It's just going to get worse and worse. And like, you're going to have defecting Jedi and dark Jedi and, you know, maybe Sith cults and, you know, the Nile. Like, it's just, it's going to be the kind of chaos that fractures everything. Um, so it makes sense that like, there's just, this is going to be a, someone's going to be marginalized and it's going to be this Jedi and she believes a certain way and finds there is a, a Sith army. There's a full on Sith army in defiance of Bane's rule of two and, um, and enlists as an acolyte. Um, and, and it, it's going to be breaking bad in the galaxy far, far away. She's just going to, you know, have the best intentions of bringing order to the galaxy, but it's just really going to go there. It's just going to be, dark side all the time and she's just going to get deeper and deeper and do worse things in an organic way um that ultimately brings her right to the brink of being uh darth herself maybe right up into the rule of two and um she's going to run across tenebris i think we talked about this but i, I imagine <laughs> tenebris who is the sith bith um being the head there because as if you, if you follow lucino's character this is his time. So yeah. I think she runs across him and I think she loses. <laughs> yeah. I think Jennifer's oh, kills wow. her. You right. know, or she, you know, or their peers, which could be really cool. If like, you know, she's there and, and Tenebris is like her buddy. And, you know, when push comes to shove, she 
you know, is overcome by her own hubris and Tenebris kills her and takes over the Sith. Um, I, I love your idea so much. <laughs> I want to handpick one of your ideas and just and and take it over to my side of the table and just throw it into my my. Uh, am I allowed to do that? Can You're I totally allowed to do it. Whatever <laughs> sure. you. Okay, I'm going to handpick because the High Republic is all about you know centralized government and you know people being marginalized at the you know the outer yeah. reaches of the galaxy. I think this character might be force sensitive, but the Jedi may have never found her. Ooh, and hey. so she's just taking her own. She's basically someone who's been left out, cast out, too old for the Jedi, yet has really, you know, a gift with the Force. And I, I feel that. like that's and that's a really interesting story because I think there's a lot of commentary in that in a lot of ways. You know, that's have you ever no. seen The Magicians or read the book? It's like Lev Granerson. I forget the guy. I, I haven't. No, no I'm uh, they're, they're dark, dark books, uh, but I would definitely suggest reading them. And then mm. and actually the show that they made follows it pretty closely. But there's a character uh, that you find this earlier on. So it's it's not as a, a, much of a spoiler, but they've looked at like the possible futures and they've decided for to get the best outcome that they despite this girl's. <sighs> superpowers like amazing magic powers that they kick her out before she can get into the the magician society and i mean but so and and so yeah, she goes basically on this that. crazy That's dark thinking. quest you know yeah, yeah. and terrible things happen to her and whatever but she ends up being super powerful like that yeah. would be a really fun story and it makes so much sense yeah. Grant, that like they're so dogmatic no too old for the trials you are and like the she would be like, what are you talking about? I'm super gifted. Like, I yeah. want to be a part of this. And then she gets pushed over to this other side. And, you know, it could be even prophecies like, oh, no, this one has dark futures. We better kick her out. But it's like, if they had just brought her into the fold, she it would have been fine. You know, yeah. like the, an opposite yeah, of Anakin, totally. where it was like, they should. I love it. The, and, but they're still smarting, right, over right. That were over the fall of the High Republic, or at least the tail end of it, right? Like they're so nervous about it. Like the more I've been reading the, the High Republic stuff and thinking about where we see them in the prequel trilogy, where they're just always on Coruscant, I feel like they got nervous by sending all these people out into the outer rims and other places. They feel like they lost contact with them. Like that's that's why, not the fact that they didn't talk to each other, but the reason why is because they weren't all close together. They weren't they weren't all centralized, right? And so, yeah. Yeah. so I feel like that might be the the end of that, right? This idea of oh, we don't want to risk anything because last time we risked things, right. we fought some plant monsters and things went bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Drengier, man. Those things. Drengier. Yeah. Those creeps can roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. How about Ahsoka? Let's do it. Uh, sure. You want me to I go? Read, I haven't read. Oh, you go, Adam. Yeah. Go uh, yep. Oh, uh, mine's kind of, uh, you know, not very specific. But Ahsoka Tano is interrupted from her quest to find Grand Animal Thrawn when a familiar but somehow corrupted voice calls to her through the Force. And Ezra Bridger. Oh, I yeah, I, I don't think in the series we find out it's Ezra Bridger. I think that is saved for the special crossover event. But I think she is throughout it being called by this corrupted voice that she recognizes but can't put her finger on. And so we as the audience are like, is it Luke? Is it Grogu? Who is it that's contacting her that's suffering and dark? Right. Yeah. All right. I'm So, Adam, I'm going to return the favor and say your idea for this one, because <laughs> I love your framing of that. How how mysterious that is i i love that it's that ezra we don't even talk about the identity because that's the show in a lot of ways yeah finding him understanding what happened 
the corruption in the force, the corruption right. of him. That's fascinating. I your idea for this. Um, I'll list mine off just to get get it over and done with. But uh, Soka travels to the edge of the galaxy to take down the cunning Admiral Thrawn and uncover the fate of the Jedi in training who saved her life. Mm. That's just because you know, it's just yours. Yeah. I like yours a lot. A lot. Right, uh, and we're looking. So again, our backgrounds are always thematic because we're nerds. Um, but uh, Grant has the Ahsoka announcement like image uh, behind him right now, and so the font is the coolest font I've seen in Star Wars yet. It's star map, but it's very reminiscent of the the arc in Rebels where they go between worlds and like do time yeah. travel, like this sort of mystical See, place that you can insert, and it's in Rebels and. And Ahsoka has this weird arc there, spoilers, but you've got to see it. Um, but she gets plucked out of space and time before she's crushed by a collapsing um, temple, or temple, right? Yeah. And then and then put back. I don't even know where she gets put back, but yeah. somewhere later in time where they run into her, or and she just sort of essentially just hides out in all that time she was supposed to be dead. It, it's wild. It's wild. But it looks like they're gonna like. It's the most fringy thing in Star Wars that's ever happened, and it's the only thing that sort of makes you want to take a shower that I've seen in in canon Star Wars to date. So um, I have a second part of my like pitch that it. actually could address that. Okay. So you're saying the font of the title, and this is, I mean, this is us making predictions based on a font. logo. A logo. Yeah. A show. Yeah. Let's just frame, frame that for what it is. Um, it does look like the world between worlds kind of like line yeah, design yes. and, and, and also yep. the, the hieroglyph, the, the wolf, uh, 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 glyphs are also similar to what we've yeah. seen in rebels. So I'm thinking upon finding both Ezra and Thrawn, Ahsoka uses an ancient power, uh, to, to I think Ahsoka uses an ancient power to defeat Thrawn once and for all. Like, I think she is going to tap into this, this, this magic, right? This, this, mortis era magic it is this yeah. kind of the world between worlds to maybe trap maybe maybe th the only way to defeat thrawn is to like trap his fleet in you know a temporal in between you space. Know, outside of time yeah. space yeah like, so dark yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's like stephen king sci-fi dark that's like or, and then she and becomes then the, the time broker forever just getting no, but then Ahsoka becomes the time broker and like, and it's kind of this character that's like, you know, like the Metron in the DC universe or, you know, uh, you know like these, this character that yeah. kind of watches over time space uh, in all the timelines. And then that's where she gets the Gandalf. All right. and all that stuff. So let's go really crazy before Ben does his thing. It's like, <laughs> what if? So here's my thought is like, it's weird to have. My whole thing with having Ahsoka and Ezra wandering around is just like it's it's weird, right? Like we don't see him in the sequel trilogy. Like, what are they doing? Why are they there? What if in somehow in their defeating of Thrawn? Oh, what if you actually even draw Grogu into this mix that somehow you need either the three of them or Ahsoka, Ezra and Go Grogu to take over the three positions of Mortis? Oh. <laughs> Which one's the father? I don't know. Well, the father, yeah, right. That's the weird thing. But anyway, just a weird thought. Clearly like, Grogu. Yeah. Clearly Grogu, right? Yeah, that would be weird. I mean, Grogu could that's be the sun, and that's like even darker. That's like an Indiana Jones puzzle where you just got to slot the gems. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It's, it's like you know, you just have to slot the item. So that's what's weird about Rebels, right? So like Ahsoka disappears for the last season, and they're like, "Don't worry, she's she'll be fine." But 
I mean, that font suggests maybe we'll get the story of what happened to her after Ezra plugged her back into the timeline. Yeah. And um, what if it's what if it's a more intimate story, though? What if it's a story where she basically gets like marooned on a planet where Thrawn and Ezra are also, you know, rebuilding yeah. themselves? You know, yeah. it's just yeah. like Seven Samurai. It's like a Kurosawa thing at that point. The, all right. So this is my thing. Like <laughs> we we have precedented material of new canon ahsoka like live yeah. action ahsoka now and the fact that her quest was not to find ezra but to find thrawn suggests that time has passed and there she knows things right you know the last we heard from rebels right both thrawn and ezra got thrown to the outer regions on the backs of burgles but um I think at this point that suggests to me that she needs to find Ezra, but she knows to find Ezra, she needs to find Thrawn. So Thrawn's been doing things and he has Ezra. So, so I wrote, um, Ahsoka scours the outer regions with the hopes of freeing Ezra Bridger, uh, from the evil clutches of grand Admiral Thrawn. So that, that's, that's what I'm looking at is, I I don't know. It it just that the way that she was presented in Mandalorian, and and this is a very basic take and doesn't take into account any of that, like mortis in world between worlds sort of stuff. Um, though it looks, I I hadn't seen this logo. So, um, or I haven't (laughs) taken into account. Like it clearly looks like it's going to be a part of it. And I love the idea that she's the time Lord, like is just like a jet, like over what, you know, watching over time um, and defending it from Sidious or Sidious's ghost or whatever's going on there. Like that would be a really cool way, cool place to take this. It's just been every time someone's like called on the force, it's been Ahsoka like nudging the item towards them or throwing it Mm -hmm. at them. I mean, that would be terrible, (laughs) but it's possible. But I mean, it, it, I would I would prefer it's that like she's our white knight that is preventing those things from happening. Like this is the retcon to like what the, the wormhole that Filoni opened is that like now she doesn't let anyone tamper with time because she's there. So, like, yeah. As soon as anyone starts, tries to rip open the void, she's like, nope, get back. <laughs> you can't you're, you're not done here. And she's like the guardian of the time portal. But ultimately, it seems like she's on a quest to mess with Thrawn. So. Um, I can only assume Ezra's going to be there. And we talked last week that they seem to have uh, cast Mina Masood as the actor to play Ezra Bridger. So, yeah. I don't know. You just made what this if, way more if, interesting. So, so I think I think we we have this idea that Thrawn may have like it has basically imprisoned Ezra Bridger in some way. Uh, I think this is based on an earlier theory from Adam that like came you know forty odd episodes ago where Adam was talking about we were talking about our, our sequel trilogy ideas and uh, Adam was like, I think that we could get Thrawn in a sequel, sequel trilogy. And, and I think Ezra could be shackled to his like star cruiser for hyperspace navigation or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is such a good idea because we've seen precedents for that in uh, the, the Zon books with the navigators and the chase. Right. And it's yeah. like, it was just like, there's so much setup for that if they want to do that. The weird, it's, it's a weird maneuver because they're so nice to their navigators in the chest. They're like they're honored guests. So, That's but right. this would be a really dark turn to take one and like make them a navigator. Yeah, but maybe, maybe, maybe Thrawn's desperate. We never really see. Yeah, him. yeah, this could be an interesting Thrawn. He's desperate, uh, and also it's not a chiss. Like, like, right, right. Like that, yeah. that might be yeah. part of it. Yeah, it's not. It's not yeah. part of his. So it's like a class yeah. thing. That would be yeah. wild. 
They do seem to have well, a bit of a... And we don't know what Thrawn's status is among the Chiss Ascendancy at this point. We don't really no. know why he abandoned the Chiss to go on this weird vision quest in the Empire. Um, yeah. um, also, I'm going to throw this out there, but um, what if Ezra had already been recovered before we see Ahsoka in the Mandalorian? Yeah. What if- yeah, so she's, she's looking for Thrawn now because they maybe already recovered him, and maybe he is maybe he is damaged in some way. But um, and that's yeah. why she's so angry when she infers about uh, Thrawn. But yeah. uh, that's something to to chew on too, because I'd be like, it, it yeah. could be well after they've found him. You know, yeah, that's a really good I, that's a really good point and very possible. And we could still have all the things like Sabine could. Yeah, well, all right, we'll get it. Yeah, get there. Right, um, yeah. it's a Sabine, but like. Yeah, all the characters could still be in play, but this is the next step in that evolution. And then they could go back and tell the story um, in a different way if they wanted to. Because I feel like they're like, we're always going to take one step forward and create two possible other things as we do it. That's why for my Ryan Johnson thing, I'm like, all right, let's go 100 years in the future and allow that sequel sequel trilogy to take place in whatever way they want it to. Um, And, you know, but at least let's give Ryan a clean slate to start. All right, so the the uh, grand finale here, uh, Mandalorian season three. Um, well, I let my thing slip, so I guess I'll go. Uh, Dinjarin embarks on a quest to save Mandalore with the help of Sabine Wren, now wielding uh, the dark saber. Not Sabine Wren. Dinjarin is wielding the dark saber. Uh, Dinjarin must search the galaxy for the remnants of his people and bring them together to retake their land and regain respect in the galaxy. Nice. What do you think? This is, I believe this in my bones. Yeah, I think you're spot on with the Sabine Wren thing. It's not in mine, but it's definitely something I thought would happen in the season. Cause I'm with you. I think we are going to see all of, all of our, you know, all of our rebels friends. Yeah. It makes sense for all of them to be the strands that brings them together. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also a, a not unlikely possibility we get a Freddie Prince cameo as a force as, ghost. as a force ghost i would yeah. adore that i would adore that i just i just think that like that's the next logical thing with the dark saber introduced i mean with um what's her name there uh the mandalorian female that was running in the last season uh, bo katan bo katan right yeah. so we already had this thing where where someone tried to give the saber to bo katan right and we've talked yeah. about this but I think to really flesh out the reasons why she won't take it, we need Sabine Wren to tell a story. Be like, I trusted this to you and yeah. you did not, you know, fit the bill. You failed. So it makes sense. This one won fairly Mandalore, which pushes them back into this tribal, like the, the most tribal instincts of the Mandalore, which is what I want Mandalore to go full retrograde into their earliest, most primitive customs. And uh, that's where I think five rows taking the story and, uh, and that's what I want to see them continue to do. So I just think like Sabine Wren will be a plot device to help do exposition for why he is Mandalore and yeah. um, also be that string that ties all of the, the Mandoverse uh, stories together uh, against Thrawn. But that's that's a story I want to hear. Right. I want to I want to see where is Mandalore? Like I want to see the the armorer again and other people like would be fascinating if Thrawn is drawn to Mandalore in some in some way that makes sense for the plot. (laughs) If you do you have anything in that in that arena? Yeah, I guess I'll jump in with my pitch. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) 
Now that the titular Mandalorian has been thrust back into his heritage, Din Djarin learns that someone has been hunting down his remaining brothers and sisters, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Wow. So my thought is, because this gets us to Sabine Wren, it gets us to these other, explains why we haven't seen a lot of them. We get the pie. We know that like the stormtroopers wipe out a ton of them in the first season. And my thought is, is that Grand Admiral Thrawn is a master strategist, right? He looks at art to figure out what people are going to do. Wah, wah, wah. Sabrine Wren likes to draw yeah. art. So we have all these things. And I feel like he would understand that probably his biggest threat or one of the biggest threats to his rising empire would be a re- reunited or united Mandalore. Yeah. Wow. That's exact. I, my pitch is, I'll just finish off what you just said right there. Cause my pitch was like, uh, you know, um, Dinjarin, you know, takes on the, the mantle of Mandalore and unites his people in time to confront a new threat from beyond the outer rim. That's like just Thrawn or yeah. whatever, whatever it may be. But I think he just comes in to take on the, the mantle of Mandalore. I think that's, I think he's going to unite the devout, you know, the armor and the devout Mandalorians with the, with Bo-Katan and the, the rogue Mandalorians and she, unite all the factions and that might be the story of what yeah you know, the rest of the journey that. could be i just feel like I'm, we're gonna get a refusal of the cause a call for most of the season that's why they had yeah that i mean that's i think what we've seen with mandalore with the mandalorian is it's a really slow hero's journey yeah you know it was like season one the <laughs> like first back pedals yeah <laughs> almost yeah right but it's like there's 12 phases of the hero's journey and it's like season one was the first one and second one was you know was the second, you, you know, where he's refusing the cause, like, no, I've got to take care of this thing first. And then like, now he's holding the, the, the saber and it's like, it's like, nope, you've, you tried to refuse the call, but now you're on the journey and like now his journey really begins. And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he could still be refusing the call in season three. Like, yeah, I, again, I want 70 seasons of, uh, man. I kind of want him to give the dark saber to Sabine and like walk away or, or Sabine fight him. And actually Sabine wins. Cause she's, you know, so agile or something. Yeah. Hey, uh, she's like, a, I don't know. she won it before. Right. Actually, yeah. I would love to see that fight, but yeah, my money's on the Mandalorian. I guess Darn. I just don't think he's that. I kind of want him to walk away and into the sunset. Yeah. Like, I, that's all I want that character to do. Then, then what is the, him, what is the story? Gunslinger. Is he just a, again? Is it like he's Zatuichi? Gunslinger. He's just Zatuichi, right? He just keeps doing yeah, the same exactly. story over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm down yeah, with that can, story. That can last forever. If you make yeah. a Mandalorian and you do this space opera stuff, it's going to be, it's going to try to, you know, it's yeah. elevating it to like the saga films, you know? And I feel like, I feel like this can be something different. This can just remain a gunslinger epic where it's just, he keeps going to different towns, you know, it's just, it escalated so quickly. It was like, okay, it really sure. It became epic real quick. Yeah. And you know, we, yeah. I haven't even thought about how they're going to tie Grogu back in. I mean, I, I think you, he has to read, they have to rejoin soon. Yeah. And we mentioned this earlier. I think they rejoin this season. At some point, I mean, I think I I I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be during the event, whatever that event is. I mean, oh, isn't that's that what isn't that what gets the viewers back? Right? Is oh, return is return. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's I feel like it's a season uh, 
finale sort of thing. Yeah, that I could totally see that. And yeah. maybe it's not this season. Maybe it's next, like the season leading into that um, grand event. What's interesting is we don't know what that event is, i.e. is it a movie or a series or a limited series? We don't know when it is. Right. But I would put a thousand dollars that has something to do with Thrawn. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, interesting. It would well, be wild if Thrawn is just way more threatening than we're, t- we're making him out to be. Because I think he's just we're all we're just brushing him under the rug. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're just like he's going to be taken care of because you, we don't hear a peep about him. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself now, and I'm thinking we might be underestimating Thrawn, and I think that might be the greatest tool in the writers' room for the people developing, you know, these episodes because yeah. Yeah. you could make him very scary in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, what if he should cloning? And what if the Empire is cloning is is crappy, but he perfects it? And it's and he makes really dangerous clones or something like what if Thrawn is way more deadly than we're making him out to be. I love that idea. I love the idea that Thrawn wins that first battle in that like super thing. It's like, you know, yeah, Thanos wins the, the, you know, endgame or something and they're shattered. And like that's what leads up to like the next meeting or different threats they have to do to get to the final boss again that lasts seasons and seasons to do. Right. Um, Yeah. You have Thrawn deserves his own. You know, he needs gravity. He needs to be a real, like, the most menacing um, character we've seen since. Like, the, like the, the smart, like the most intelligent character to ever yeah. be on, you know, ever on camera in a Star Wars film. Yeah, I mean, it's I would put him up with Sidious, you know, right? Because Sidious always is. I always yeah. thought Thrawn was smarter than Sidious in a lot of ways. I thought Sidious, oh, yeah. kind of like I had so. systems yeah. of control and levers of control, but I, I think then I think Thrawn was kind of like. I can bypass a lot of what you've got going on. So that's why I've always like, yeah, I've always thought Thrawn would be able to surmount any, any kind of systems of control. That I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Cool. I think we did it guys. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So no one asked and there you go, but it will be fun. Uh, it's always fun to think about, um, prognosticating and what, yeah. what could be happening and since we're doing it all the time let's just let's just put it let's put it, etch it in stone right now and uh we don't you know i'm sure we'll you know we'll get more information and and alter things but uh but you know what's we'll, great we'll about this what's up is these are these are loosely held predictions yeah. we yeah i could care less that right. it, none of this happens you know it's, it's a like, whole really bunch be... of it's a whole bunch of could no shoulds exactly exactly is there exactly. what ifs yeah. Just what ifs? It's just uh, yeah. just an intellectual exercise. I don't know if you'd even call it intellectual, but uh, just a brain exercise. Um, yeah. Because I think about this all the time, and as of right now, knowing zero, this is what I think, yeah. and um, and what we all think. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how close we come. And well, there, uh, will, there will be a mil- This will a million clickbait articles will come out with a lot of this stuff possibly in the headlines, you know, like just yeah. people fishing for clicks. It's, it's going to be yeah. lots of stuff like this, lots of theory pieces, theory crafting. So, you know, got to get in there before all the pieces are written. Right. Exactly. We want to get ahead of all that and um, we'll just see what weathers a storm. Um, yeah. And uh, what doesn't, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's going to be fun. And yeah. the way I always look at this, stuff, I never think in this much detail about, predictions because i want to be surprised yeah. and i'm always delighted by what these true professionals come up with um and i know i'll be delighted by whatever happens um but um yeah it'll be interested to see interesting to see how close we are to the mark 
And if anyone wants to give us money to, I don't know, work in the story group or whatever, that'd be cool. Um, okay, cool. Well, as um, always, as always, our comms are open for transmissions uh, at Core World yes. News on Twitter. That's yeah. right, uh, Lucas. Uh, at Core World News on on Instagram too. Right. We will. I will wear a biohazard suit and go to Florida or California um, on at any moment. Um, thank you all for listening through this whole podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we want to hear uh, your predictions as well. Um, it's just so fun to think about. Uh, so. Hit us up on Discord, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Core World News. You know where we're at. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. May the force be with you. Oh, this is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always.